You're listening to Conversations on Character, a podcast brought to you by the Jubilee Centre for Character and Virtues at the University of Birmingham. Your host is Dr. Tom Harris, and this week he interviews Imani Clough, mentor, founder of the Imani Academy, and graduate of the MA Character Education. Hello, and it's really great to have you back for the latest episode of the Conversations on Character podcast. This week, we've got Imani Clough. I'm so pleased that we've got Imani with us because I've followed uh, the work of Imani since was one of the first students to sign up for the MA Character Education. In this conversation, Imani talks a lot about her mentoring uh, work that she does. She takes a very character-centered approach to the mentoring she does for children, young people, and indeed adults uh, in all sorts of situations, some of them quite challenging situations. And I think the conversation is really fascinating when she talks about how taking an individual-centered approach and putting character at the heart of it can have some really good results. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation uh, with Imani and uh, we'd love to hear as I say continue to hear feedback on these podcasts uh, with the various different guests that we've had. Marnie thank you so much for joining us on this conversation on character podcast. Hi Tom thank you for having me. It's great to have you here and it's especially great to have you here so we can uh, rejoice a little bit in your recent graduation from the MA character education. I know it would have been a difficult and different year to kind of graduate but did you did you manage to celebrate a bit? Yeah, graduation was definitely different, um, virtually. Um, it was really interesting to be able to just link up with some of our MA colleagues virtually via Zoom. So we had our own little celebration whilst watching um, our graduation take place online. Excellent. So I'm glad you managed some form of celebration and hopefully we will be able to get you in the university soon for a, for a proper uh, graduation. Fingers um, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed, uh, which is true about a lot of things these days, isn't it? We seem to be keeping our fingers crossed about so, so many things during the pandemic. Um, but you first, uh, you were actually one of the first students to actually sign up for the MA Character Education. Uh, and given that there's so many different courses in, in, in the kind of world, what was it about, you know, the focus on character that really appealed to you in, in the master's study? Yeah, the focus on character. When my undergraduate degree is in youth justice, and I've always worked in the education, social care space, delivering sessions with young people on a, in a mentoring capacity, facilitating workshops around their personal development and a lot of the strategies that I was using weren't necessarily being called character education but I then came across the program whilst I was doing bits of my research trying to figure out different innovative ways to engage with young people and the masters definitely appealed to me and it sounded a bit like this is this looks like what I'm actually doing in practice. Let's see if I can add an extra string to my bow and add some extra tools to my toolbox and put more theory behind what I'm doing. And that was why I applied. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, ultimately, I think, and most people think, you know, kind of character education is about practice. It's about what we mm-hmm. do as educators, and it's also obviously, you know, the expression of character is very practical. It's how we show up, show ourselves. So, but you mentioned kind of theory there. Did you find kind of getting into the ancient and, and more modern theories uh, helpful for you as a practitioner? In particular, some of the modules that we looked at around the history and politics of character education, 
theories, the leadership in organisations of character education, I found those the most interesting in terms of what it means to be a virtuous practitioner. What are we actually doing in practice and where do some of these ways of working actually come from and where's the overlap between what we're doing now in the 21st century and where things have changed um, and what we're doing in terms of that citizenship aspect with young people. And that was what I found quite interesting in terms of drawing that out and linking it to what I was doing in a day-to-day world. Yeah, and, and certainly in your dissertation, you chose quite a practical topic because you were looking at oracy and kind of character development, linking that with social mobility. Could you give us any of the kind of particular findings? What did you find from your dissertation? In particular, it was interesting to see that lots of teachers and practitioners were really keen to open up the opportunities for young people to use their voice in different ways, um, using debating in different ways to discuss different moral dilemmas that were happening. How do we encourage children, young people to speak about quite difficult topics um, and have the ability to critically think, to come to different decisions about why we might make certain choices, who's responsible for different things, how do we, who do we speak to if we have issues about things and looking at even in the news about different things that are happening and how oracy plays a part in all of that. And as children navigate through the education system at those different transitional points, oracy will be really key. And teachers and some of the students as well that I interviewed could really see how oracy would benefit them in the jobs market, socially, uh, personally, in their personal lives. And you could see the overlap of how important it is to be able to speak up, use your voice, navigate different types of conversations and what that actually means for them when they're stepping into different spaces that they're going to occupy at different points in their lives. Yeah that's interesting because they often say characters revealed in what we do but clearly it's revealed in what we say as as well I suppose and uh, for sure you know the link between uh, you know having a voice I suppose oracy and, and kind of all these things that link to your own kind of flourishing in terms of you know kind of employability but more broadly I suppose in terms of having a voice in in society and and you know kind of contributing as a citizen and in, in those sorts of areas is, is important so that's fascinating and there is a uh, little plug there is a kind of an overview of your your study as part of all the EMA um, dissertation overviews that we just put out uh, the Jubilee yeah. put out just before Christmas so if you're interested <laughs> you could have a look at that um but I mean, more on to you now. And I was, I was having a look through your um, really interesting website and you describe yourself as a character educator, facilitator and coach because it sounds straightforward. And then you put ish at the end, at the end of that, Omani. Uh, why, why the ish? Why the ish? Why is it straightforward ish? I think when people ask generally, when we generally ask people and have conversations about, oh, so what do you do? Uh, what sector do you work in? People are People are waiting to be able to put you into a box and say, okay, you work in education, you work in social care, this is what you do. Um, I've done all of those things. I think I've, I've worked in education, I've worked in social care. Um, I've worked as, with my social enterprise and I do lots of different things. So it's straightforward to just say, the focus is character education. I facilitate conversations and discussions and I coach and mentor young people and adults, but my work has lots of different overlaps in terms of creative direction, using arts, culture, conversations around philosophy, well-being. So there's lots of different overlaps. So if I just give it that 
three three headings it's easy to get people to ask questions that may follow up that brilliant and yeah and as you say um characters really seems to be at the heart of a lot of your work at the imani uh, academy but i mean please could you tell us how that that academy really focuses on character and character education how you make it central to it yeah when i money academy was kind of born out of a lot of the work i was doing in primary and secondary education with young people with barriers to learning and i was working with them in a mentoring capacity in pastoral leadership and delivering workshops around decision making stress management healthy friendships relationships a lot of that PSHE uh, curricula and engaging with them in that way. But one of the challenges I found is that within education, that the constraints that were there and some of the barriers in terms of being able to do some really good work with young people that was consistent um, was quite difficult because things move quite quickly. Um, and there wasn't always that opportunity to do some of that work that was needed in an extended type of way, if you, if you get what I mean. Uh, so. Imani Academy was kind of born out of that frustration really to want to do more. So I set that up as a social enterprise and I've been working with young people and young adults in that way for since 2016. And the character education aspect is having those conversations with young people that they wouldn't normally have the opportunity to, to have, using those moral dilemmas and situational challenges that they may find themselves in and encouraging them to think about where their virtues are needed, what decisions they're going to make at, for the right reasons at the right time, and asking those critical questions, that effective questioning to draw out some of those responses from them is what steers that conversations to just to empower them to be a little bit more reflective in the decisions that they go on to make at those transitional points. And it, I mean, it says something about your character that you've decided to set up a, uh, a social enterprise. And um, I mean, was there a particular incident or something that you saw or witnessed in your in your prior work before you up that thought, I need to do something about this? Yeah. Um, when I, at point of applying for the MA, I was working and volunteering with the youth offending team in Birmingham. And I was within a gender specific team and it was work, working with young female offenders and particularly young female offenders who'd made their journey into the criminal justice system because of being sexually exploited. And it was interesting to me that the first time that they were receiving support for the trauma that they had experienced was by being in the criminal justice system. And this aspect of the youth offending team, I, I wasn't aware of until I'd started volunteering and working there. And what was really interesting to me about that space was the young, they were seen as young people first. And that was really important to me to be able to see that the young people were there to have those conversations, to be nurtured, to have quite difficult conversations about what was happening in their surroundings, what needs to happen next, and going on that journey of rediscovering themselves almost and thinking about what's going to happen for them following this and what virtues are really important to them about their morals, their values, and how they can redefine, redefine their their selves really and not be stigmatized by what's happened to them. And there was a lot of character that was coming character elements that were coming out in that and that's when I stumbled across the MA and I thought this is really interesting is there an overlap as to how we can broaden this in this space for young people who are going through specific challenges in their lives and how can we use character education to inspire uplift and empower them 
um, at these key, quite difficult and challenging points in their lives and not be stigmatized for that. So yeah, that was kind of where it was, where it came from. And I, I can imagine, and uh, you know, I'm full admiration for you working in that sort of situation, but I can imagine there's a particular way of kind of doing, so to speak, inverted commas character education when you're working, um, you know, with, with particularly vulnerable groups. And, and yeah. I noticed you see you focusing particularly on kind of mentoring in a lot of your work um, and, um, you know, as an approach, I suppose, to um, you know, support uh, people to to think about the, as you say, the sorts of kind of character qualities that they think are, are important in their their lives. Um, you've you've recently, you've recently actually also put together a publication for the Jubilee Centre looking at uh, mentoring uh, and character through it. And interestingly, there isn't considering you'd almost think it's uh, kind of a uh, taken for granted almost that mentoring would be an approach in character education. There isn't so much out about uh, that approach. So could you tell us a bit about, you know, some of the things that you particularly focused on in that in that publication and also more broadly in your kind of character based mentoring work? Yeah, with character based mentoring, I was keen to kind of step away from the deficit model of mentoring. A lot of the time when we introduce mentoring programs and interventions in schools or in different organisations, it's because there's a specific problem that is perceived uh, about a particular young person, for example, and it may be a barrier to their attainment, uh, challenging behaviour, um, academia and not meeting specific targets and then mentoring is introduced then as an intervention to kind of change that and the focus then and the target and the goal is always to get them to that point as to what the school or the organization needs from that young person and that was a lot of what I found and noticed when I was in schools and in education and I thought well when I'm having these conversations with young people I kind of park the bit around attainment, not meeting targets, the lateness, the punctuality, challenging behaviour and kind of flip it on its head and look at, well, what are you passionate about? Where do you want to be? What's happening for you at the moment? And it's more of a bird's eye view that focuses on the strengths of the young person, trying to turn some of those challenges into the passions of the young person, the focus is very much their strengths on going on that reflective journey as to who do you want to be and how are you going to show up in the world and what are the barriers for you at the moment that are preventing you from getting there and using that as a tool to take them on that journey and rather than these are the terms and conditions of our mentoring contract. This is what the school needs you to do. This is what the organisation needs to do. What do you want to actually do for yourself and why? Um, and asking some of those key questions and it's that effective questioning that kind of then draws in the oracy piece from that I looked at in my dissertation as well and facilitating those conversations challenging young people to set themselves their own personal goals that they want to achieve at different points and taking them on that journey and that's kind of what I've focused on in that practical handbook for the Jubilee Centre as well about how we can use mentoring that steps away from that deficit model but focuses on the strengths of the young person and how we implement mentoring programs that are very much about that journey that young people want to go on in terms of that reflective transitional practice that they are their own leaders really. 
Yeah, that's fascinating, Imani, because so much of character education, I think, is about individuals and them critically and independently and kind of autonomously exploring their, their own path in, in life towards a broader sense of flourishing. And, you know, mentoring seems to really tap into that individual uh, kind of aspect of it. I write mainly about kind of character education for teachers. And, you know, it feels to me that teaching is sometimes more done with the bigger groups and leading from the front. And, you know, maybe you can't tap into the individual nature as much as you'd like to, I'm sure many teachers would love to kind of have much more one-on-one time with, with their students really exploring the character qualities of them but because of many practical concerns yeah. it's not always possible so I'm wondering whether you know that the difference between teaching you know a classroom teacher running character education and, and a mentor who's kind of taking a character focused approach is is different. I think I think that's a really interesting question actually because one of the points that came out from even from my dissertation was about how the facilitation, what is the role of a teacher in the classroom and that facilitation aspect also and the opportunities that can that are there in the classroom sometimes that are missed because you're on a time limit of that 60 minutes of a classroom session. But how can we introduce different types of teaching methods that allow students to speak more in the classroom? Because there was one piece of research that came out around students maybe speak for four minutes um in a lesson and how do we actually encourage students to be able to have time to talk but also that time to challenge and question as well and I think the role of a teacher is also that it's not transactional in just one way um it should be both both of those so where do I think it's probably a question for teachers as well but where do they allow opportunity for the teaching to go both ways and for young people to be able to use their voice in the classroom um, so that it's not just teacher standing at the front giving all of this information you write and absorb where's the opportunity to engage challenge and have those conversations as well and I think that overlaps with that mentoring aspect of a teacher stepping into that role also sometimes and being able to be all of those things at the same time can sometimes be kind of an assumed power differential between the kind of teacher who knows all this is my question I suppose whether the mentor who kind of knows all and the mentee who's kind of following but you know if we talk about the sorts of character development that you were just talking about which is about starting with a student and about kind of them independently and autonomously I suppose uh, yeah you know, cultivating the sorts of qualities that they think are important to their life you know how, how do you negotiate that power differential it's, it's not easy <laughs> it's definitely not easy especially when you for that first few meetings you've got to build trust you've got to build rapport uh, you've got to kind of share a little bit more about you in within within reason so that you can build that relationship with the young person that you're engaging with and you aren't all knowing you don't know everything and I often learn as much about myself in those situations as a mentor as the mentee takes away so I think it's about being open to having quite difficult conversations with young people putting those boundaries in place also from the very beginning but it's a joint partnership you're meeting the young person where they're at so that you're able to have those quite difficult conversations and they can also feel comfortable to ask some of those questions that they would they would never normally get the opportunity to so you're a professional friend that has the time that you're giving the time and space 
in a safe way to support them on that journey yeah i love i love that term professional friend i think that's excellent but what's absolutely clear also is how you say that these it's relational i mean all character education yeah and it is relational isn't it it's about our, our, our kind of relations with people around us based based on trust i just want to turn into how you because i know you work with different kind of schools and different organizations and in, and in a way you've got to kind of I hate to use marketing language here, but it kind of sell your wares to some extent to get people to understand why this is important for, you know, kind of a character-based approach to mentoring is important for young people's life. And, and often I talk about, you know, character education, you know, not being another thing on the plate, but actually kind of the plate itself. It, 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 everything that we're hoping for young people often can rest on, on kind of their character and character qualities, whether it be their mm-hmm. employability, retainment, behaviour, et cetera, et cetera. How do you make that case when you're, you know, kind of asked to say, why, why should the Imani Academy be involved? with your your school your organization yep I think sometimes when I mention character education people they kind of look at me like I'm talking about candy floss and unicorns like oh that would be great in an ideal world but how how are we going to do that often when you do have conversations with schools um, I work sometimes with foster care agencies as well and they are doing character they're just not necessarily calling it that and it's trying to get, well, trying to understand that sometimes this isn't, like you say, it's the whole plate. It's not the, it's not an add-on. It's not a bolt-on. It's not enrichment for one hour a week. It's the whole school approach. It's the culture of the environment that you want to, that you want to have. How do you want to all work together? How do you want to support young people to flourish, staff included as well in all of that, that you're all on this journey together of trying, you're trying to get get somewhere really and it's about the fabric of the environment the organization so when I'm having these conversations I'm very much looking at what they are already doing what are you already doing so that that's almost like my hook into the starting the conversation and saying well how can we expand this what would it look like if Um, and inviting those types of conversations so that we can bring a bit more structure to what it is that they're trying to achieve and that it's not just a a bolt-on or an hour a week as I say how do we have this as a whole school approach that this is how we live and breathe character education in our organization yeah, I don't, actually, there's, I mean, there's no school I've ever walked into, or, or indeed many organisations work with children and young people that aren't doing character education. Yeah, they're clearly, probably not calling it that, but the question seems to be if they're doing it well or, or badly, not whether they're doing it because they are shaping and and kind of being formative influences in in kind of in in children's lives. So, yeah, um, and it's kind of like bringing the mission statement that many schools have on the wall, the vision and values that every organisation will have, bringing those to life. So I'll often ask them, what are your vision and values for your organization or your school? What is your mission statement? Um, And use that as a way to say, well, where's this demonstrated? How do we do this every day? I mean, I think we need more more hope than ever these days. (laughs) So I want to know what your hopes and plans were for 2021. In particular, I see that you're uh, hosting something called a six-month learning marathon, Education for Liberation, which sounds fascinating. Can can you tell us a bit more about that and any, any other plans you've got going forward this year? Whilst I've been doing my MA, I've this way of thinking and doing, it's very much a new pedagogy in the sense of, for some people anyway, and it can be a lonely journey when your head is in character education world and you're trying to now share that with other people and 
connecting and building with other people who are doing really great things and often that work is happening in silo or you're not really sure what other people are doing but you know it's taking place so the learning marathon is an opportunity to connect with youth workers practitioners parents teachers anybody who's really interested in engaging in learning in a different way and revolutionizing the way we engage and inspire young people's minds older other people's minds and what education really looks like um, and shaping it in your own way. Education takes place in lots of different settings and in lots of different ways. And I want to know how people are doing that. So everybody will have their own learning question, uh, which is kind of like an itch that they want to scratch kind of thing um, under the heading of education for liberation. And we'll journey with those questions for six months online and unpick, connect, build, um, collaborate with how we're going to achieve the actions that we set for ourselves. It's peer-to-peer -peer, so everybody has the opportunity to facilitate. It start, yeah, starts in February for six months and I'm in the process of recruiting people at the moment. We wish you very well with the Learning Marathon. Thank and so we're going to conclude with our uh, virtues from a hat. So I'm going to actually rummage into my, my hat right now and, and pull out a virtue which hopefully you can just tell us something oh. about you know an exemplar of them um, so I'm just pulling out the first one right now uh, and the first uh, it's the first time it's come out actually is uh, gratitude 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 I would say that the there's a young person that comes to mind I'm not going to say their name obviously yeah, yeah. there's a young person that comes to mind who I worked with when I was working um, with a foster care agency and she was going through a lot of different challenges at the time and I was supporting her to find a, a job. Um, so supporting her to find a job and she had a young child and she needed childcare support as well in order for her to do, to step into this role. So there was a lot going on for her. And when we eventually found her the role, I managed to secure uh, some childcare vouchers and allow her to have 18 weeks of free, free childcare essentially. And it always sticks with me how grateful she was to be able to just have someone to have her child for 18, 18 weeks because it meant for those 18 weeks she could go and build her skills and engage in education, employment and training which is what she really wanted to do but her barrier to get there was the fact that she needed childcare for, for, her, for her child but how grateful she was to receive those vouchers will always stick with me because she had a lot going on for herself and she was she never really complained it was just that she needed that that support so i'd say definitely that young person shows great great gratitude and resilience i guess as well yeah, that's great and i think into like interrelates with another virtue of kind of compassion and caring because yeah. it's often gratitude is a response to someone even just showing the tiniest bit of kindness to someone is you know and the gratitude is like the, the, the giving back i suppose to the compassion which is great Thank you so much indeed, Amani, for being a, a guest on this podcast. No, thank you, Tom. It's been great. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed listening to Conversations on Character, hosted by Dr. Tom Harrison and produced by me, Joe McDowell, on behalf of the Jubilee Centre for Character and Virtue. To learn more about character, the research of the centre, or to give us feedback on this podcast, visit jubileecentre.ac.uk or find us on social media at Jubilee Centre One. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.